This is First Online with Fran's podcast, There's No Place Like Art, featuring ordinary people doing extraordinary things in the arts to make our world a richer, deeper, kinder place to live. And if you've just discovered the program, then fasten your seatbelt. And if you're a subscriber, welcome back. You know, since the COVID pandemic, I have done much soul searching regarding the angst and hostile culture of our times. You know, what what can I do as an actor, activist, advocate to address these divisive times to open conversations and, and call in rather than call out dissenters. You know, it only takes a first step. Let's look at our options. The midterm elections spoke volumes. You know, people are weary of hype and hysterics. Women voted in record numbers. We want our government to serve us and represent what we stand for. One such grassroots organization is called Vote Mama. This is the first PAC in the country that's dedicated to increasing the political power of Democratic moms. They believe that our country needs more moms representing our neighborhoods, our communities, and our families because they are dedicated to investing in equitable solutions for future generations to come. Vote Mama helps moms break barriers to run for office by disrupting the systems that hold women back through providing direct financial support, mentorship, and endorsements. To help elect more moms to be the voice of our communities and keep our families safe, pitch in today to help us elect more moms to be the voice of our communities and keep our families safe. Donate now to help us elect brave, pro-choice, democratic mamas up and down the ballot and across the country. All you have to do is click the link on the blog and take that first step towards making a difference. Now, talk about making a difference. <laughs> Let me tell you, my guest today, Broadway producer, shaker and mover, Pat Addis, is passionate about generating good theater and connecting people. Hey, welcome, Pat. I'm so glad to have you. I'm so glad to be here. Can I say something that you said at the very beginning, which sure. I think is so important? It has nothing to do with theater or anything. Kindness. I think that it's so important that people be kind to one another. I just read a thing last night of somebody who was just on Tom Hanks and saying how horrible he is and what he's doing in film and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, this is so unnecessary. It has nothing to do with the man himself. And it's it's easy to tear down. I guess it's harder to build up. But kindness is, is just something that's so important. And if people get that message, I hate to sound like, uh, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not a saint by any means. <laughs> oh, I hope not, Pat. <laughs> Anybody who knows that, knows me, knows that. But I just... <laughs> 
wanted to say that, and I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, and the theater is such an easy conduit to allow people, you know, to travel in that kind space. And, you know, recently uh, you were interviewed by a TV journalist and theater critic, Roma Tori. That intrigued me, which is why I'm like, I got to get in touch with Pat and I got, I got to have her and we got to talk about this because one of the things that you said was that you challenged women to stick together and fight for our rights. And, you know, with all of your Broadway credits, I'm like, oh my God, you know, Little Women, Cheetah Rivera, Bridge and Tunnel, Spring Awakening, Passing Strange, 39 Shows. I mean, all of these productions that you have produced, you know, how did you start here and to get from where you are today to use what you're doing in the theater to not only bring out the kindness of our culture, but also advance uh, women in a way that you might not have thought of before. Yes, well, my background is not really what you would think. I mean, I was forced to earn a living for three kids. And as I lived in New York, they had to go to private school, which made it even more expensive. And I had a deadbeat ex. And that was the best thing that happened to me. I didn't think so at the time. I thought I was ugly and stupid and all of those negative things. But I started a company, Pat Addis Enterprises, which I ran for 30 years. And it was putting logos and people's art on every kind of widget you can imagine. I had a little sewing machine factory and I designed every kind of bag, tote bag, and ugly aprons that you can possibly imagine. <laughs> anyway, I gave the company to my daughter so I could start producing. I had taken CTI course, which was called Commercial Theater Institute. And um, you take a course for you know, several months and you come out thinking you know everything and you find out, of course, that you know nothing. <laughs> so, and I can't imagine it being easy because, I mean, a woman, Broadway producer, how did you get through that glass ceiling? Well, the, one of the women who was in the CTI course with me said, do you want to produce Little Women with me? And I said, I don't know. And so we went down to Duke to see it with Sutton Forster, the young Sutton Forster. Wow. And I never looked back. And that was my first show. And even though I was a producer on it, I had absolutely no control. And they closed it much too early, which was really sad. It was a wonderful, wonderful show. And then I moved on and I did some off-Broadway things, a wonderful little thing called Shout. And then I did Cheetah River, The Dancer's Life, and went on to do Bridge and Tunnel with Sarah Jones. And my choices are very eclectic. I've won several Tonys, but the important thing is doing whatever floats your boat. I mean, I have no exact reason. I went to London and I saw 39 Steps and I said, oh, I've got to be part of that in New York. So I became part of that in New York. But I have no, no set pattern. 
the best show that I've ever done is Desperate Measures, and I want to keep that going. It won. It's off Broadway, and it won a lot of awards, including, well, against, well, Mean Girls. We won out the Drama Desk Award, so that pleased me no end. And it's such a wonderful play. It only has six characters, and it's very timely, and it's just fabulous. And that's the thing that I'm concentrating on most to get that in Europe and England and everywhere because it's so timely and so good. I know you just opened, you did a new show in D.C. Right. That was with Michael Urey and Ryan Spahn called Jane Anger. And I, as a matter of fact, just as we went on the air, I got a little text from my co-producer that I didn't answer, which I'll do after. Well, thank and... you for having me come first. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really quite wonderful. I wasn't there for the end. We had just after I left, people got COVID. And then Michael slipped on a paper and broke his rib. Oh, and... no. Oh, my God. I mean, this is the this is the t- I, tell me about the play, Jane Anger. Jane Anger was a character of woman who maybe lived in Shakespeare's time, maybe not. Tulane Monahan is the playwright. She is an amazing 30-year-old whiz. You'll hear lots about her from here on because she is so talented. She also played Anne Hathaway. And she is just an amazing young talent and a woman. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and the show has a bit of discourse proving there was women writers, but men discounted the women writers. And it's a spoof on Shakespeare. Uh, they wind up cutting off his arms and his private parts. <clears throat> and it's very funny, very clever. And Michael's significant other, Ryan Spahn, plays the fool. And to me, he just cracks me up. He is so funny and so clever. And his timing is so great. And we hope that Jane Anger has a long life. And anybody listening to this, look out for Jane Anger. And and that's really, that kind of takes me back to what I mentioned, you know, in my, my introduction about the vote mama. You know, we need to get mamas out there. Mamas are angry. Women are angry. Women want to do something about the culture that we are exist. Women are going backwards. I mean, with Roe v. Wade and and what is happening presently with the, don't get me started on the present government. I will say one thing, that there is something positive about Roe versus Wade. A lot of women have rebelled and are getting the vote out and realizing that they can make a difference and they have to make a difference. And Roe versus Wade woke them up. The last election, there was the highest amount of women, young women, that ever voted. And so I think... I also know you're a huge advocate of women supporting other women and mentoring other women. How is that going? It's interesting because before um, we started this, I just got a, a thing asking me to mentor at will. And... I was thinking about it. What I want to do is to do once a month a round table when I'm in New York and 
have maybe 11 women at a round table. I like round tables. I'm very much a round table person. And have them ask the questions for an hour together and over lunch. And I belong to the Lambs Club, so we could do it at the Lambs Club. And lunch is very inexpensive there. And they don't have to have lunch. They just want to have tea or coffee. They can, whatever they want. They can pay in cash or credit card. And they can ask me all the questions at that time. Because I don't think it has to be at will that anybody can call me anytime to ask me questions. I think that's taking advantage. Plus of that, I don't know all the answers. I mean, I'm not some great guru. I just know what I know. And I mean, I made a complete career switch when I stopped doing the promotion company and went into producing and I gave my daughter my company, which she still runs. So I don't know everything. I just know what has transpired in my life. And you have to take chances. I think producing on Broadway right now is risky business, even though it's beginning to come back, but it's still risky business. And you have to be willing to risk your money and not make money. If you're going in to make money, that's not the way to do it. Yeah, kind of like being an actor. You've got to just be used to to getting rejections. You know, it's it's going to come around and the right part will will pop up when the right part picks up. I want to know about who is at that round table, because I'd love to get on that round table. <laughs> you know, what do they say? You can't make a living, but you can make a killing. <laughs> what are some of the questions that are asked at these round tables? Well, how do I get into producing? How do I know it's going to be good? You don't. And yeah. one of the things is you're at mercy of the lead producer. And the lead producer calls the shots. And I hate to say this, but a lot of them are a little bit shady and they don't give you back the money that they should. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate. I've been cheated by a lot of people. You can't just sue people. I'm I'm not trying to be negative. I mean, there are a lot of honest people. There are people that get elected to office that totally lie about who they are and what they do. Oh, my God. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> he, has, he has something wrong with him. He has a brain dysfunction. That man, Santos. Oh, my yeah, God. I know. I'm from hey. Long Island, and it's just a total embarrassment. But what is not embarrassing is that despite failures you know as a producer you know you you just you just keep putting yourself out there because you believe in it you have this passion pat that i so admire what's the core of that what's what's the drive of that more than more than passion it's an addiction (laughs) you get addicted to it and you just can't stay away it's just i'm out in beverly hills as we speak staying with my best friend, Georgianne, and we're involved in bringing a show to California. And now we're working on a second show to bring to California that we had done years ago on Picasso. One of the reasons why I have not done Picasso, this started with Terry Alfonso. Did you know her? She was a member of the League. She came from 
Okay. Well, she wrote this play and we did a performance of it. And this guy, Peter Tate, played Picasso. He's so amazing. But recent years, with all the backlash of all the women who've come out, the Me Too campaign and everything, I thought it was not a wise choice of bringing up Picasso, who was a womanizer. Yeah. Now, of course, in defense of that, my take, but that's not the box office take, is that these women got more than what they bargained for because Picasso was the man of the hour. They got invited to every important soiree, dinner, everything that he was part of. So everything has a price and that's the price that they paid. And people say, well, now in those days, women, women just couldn't walk out because they were dependent. Yes, they could. They walked in, they could walk out and, you know, but they also got so many benefits from him. So, you know, I question that, but however, that doesn't sell tickets. And if people think that he's a womanizer, so I don't know, I think now though, um, that's not the hot topic of the day. That's another quality that I admire about you, Pat, is it's not about age. You just keep doing and you keep reinventing. I mean, if anybody told me at this stage of my life in my 70 something years now that I would be running a podcast, writing a book, auditioning, I'm so excited. Equity is doing auditions, EPAs again, they're starting. Here I am. And here you are. Like you said, it's an addiction. I can't not do it. I also want to go back to something. It's very, very important that the older people help younger people. That is so important. When you said about the round tables and all, one of the things that I've done with my friend Magda Katz is we have a yaya lunch or dinner. And we have 11 women at a round table. And as I say, I'm a big round table person. And that way people can talk across. If you have people sitting next to one another, those just those people talk and then somebody's left out. But a round table induces everybody to be together. So we have everybody go around the table and say who they are for one or two minutes. If somebody goes too long, I just say, pardon me, <laughs> next. <laughs> <laughs> So it's always been wonderful and very friendly, and we have all ages. I think it's very, very important that we help younger women. That is always on my agenda, and I love doing it. One of my great passions is connecting people, and I don't know why, but I've made some very weird connections, but I love doing it. I never realized that I did it long before I even got into the theater world. But it also, anybody can do anything if they want to. I've been doing a, a talk for women over 50, reinventing yourself. And particularly with COVID, a lot of women just closed up and did nothing. And we come down here just once. I don't care what you believe in your next life. But we know what we have here, 
and this is a one-time deal. So you might as well live it while you can. And women can do much more today than they ever dreamed of. And, you know, you can take up painting. I don't care if you're a good artist or not. If you enjoy painting or art, you should go for it. And there are many jobs for women over 50 today because they're re more reliable in lots of ways. So that's what I love doing, reinventing yourself. And anybody can reinvent yourself. I mean, I did it when I should have been retiring. I started in showbiz. And I don't ever plan to retire. I, I will expire before I retire. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not going to happen all too soon. You know, I could just keep talking to you for the next hour or so. I just want to make sure I, I congratulate you. You are selected for the Three Tomatoes and Glow Woman of Purpose Award. It, it recognizes an inspirational role models who are not defined by age or labels, but are all about living life fully at any age. And boy, if that doesn't describe you, Pat Addis, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who, do who does it. Thanks so much for um, sharing your wisdom and your love for what you do. You are my role model. And I'm impressed because you have a podcast. I don't. You do all <laughs> I don't. So well, I, I get to ask Pat Addis to come and talk about being uh, a woman. <laughs> I would love to do <laughs> a reverse thing. Anyway, I'm very humbled by all of this. So it just shows you if you live long enough, you start winning awards. <laughs> you betcha. And you win the award for Woman of the Year in my book. Thanks, Pat. And looking forward to seeing and learning more about Jean Anger. Look that up and add that to your promotion list. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Find out more about what Fran is up to. Go to her website at firstonlinewithfran.com. This program was produced by March Hair Media and recorded at Wheat Sheet Studio Productions.